right here in Birmingham Church. You don't have to travel any long distance. You don't have to pay any airfares, hopefully not even catch a train. It's right here. We would love you to come and join us. I don't think you'd be disappointed. Hey, why don't you turn to the next person and say, you're the best looking person in this church. Now say, Father, forgive me for not telling the truth. (laughs) Father, we just thank you for your presence here with us. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would speak as only you can. Father, we're not here for another message, but we're here for an encounter with you. Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want you to speak to us only as you can, by your Spirit and by your power. Let there be a release of your word into our hearts that will bring change and bring transformation, Father. Not just information, but transformation by your spirit, by your power, we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, those forms that you've got um, on your desk, if you can just fill one of those in or you can take them down. We've got a table downstairs. You can be on table. Just need to fill one of those in. Give us your details, and then we'll take care of it from there. You can also register online at ukandbeyond.com. You, you can do that as well. Also, if you're willing to be a volunteer for the conference, then it is free of charge, you know, whether it's helping with the ushering or security or car parking or, you know, all the other areas that come as a, as a conference. Then it's free of charge, but still fill one of these in. And uh, we just need your details so we can be in touch with you and work out exactly what you might or might not be able to do. Would love you to come. Would be fantastic. I wonder how many of you seated here this morning need a breakthrough in some area of your life, be it your family, your finances, your job, your marriage, your health, anything like that. Anybody here need a breakthrough? Give me a wave. Yeah, because if you don't need a breakthrough, you are dead. Seriously, everybody, I need breakthroughs. We need breakthroughs. Churches need breakthroughs. And the good news is that we serve the Lord of the breakthrough. If there's one thing He can do, and that is breakthrough in circumstances and situation. So I want to share with you what I personally believe is probably the single greatest key to getting a breakthrough in your life. This message will build your faith for sure. And by the end of the service, I'm believing that Many of you will have had a personal breakthrough when you get home or in the coming week, you'll have seen a change, a transformation take place in your life. We all carry certain gifts and anointings on our lives. Every one of us does. And uh, that's the most important thing. That's the key to your ministry because when you function in your gifting and anointing, you can do something. You can see something change, something happen in your life. I feel and I believe and I've seen it happen over the years God has placed on my life an anointing to shift, an anointing to move. In other words, to shift Christians to a better place in their walk with God, to shift a church to a better place towards its destiny in God. How many of you could do with a move in your life, could do with a shift to shift into something better in your life? Well, why don't you believe for that? Because, you know, so often I think we go to churches or we go to services, people come in and they leave the way they came. How can that happen? You've been with God, and we saw people on the altar. I think every time we come to church, something should move in our hearts. Something should shift in our lives 
We should leave the doors different from how we came in. Is there an amen in the house on that? Huh? You know, let to death with religion and let's bring in the reality of a life-changing encounter with God every time we meet, every time we gather, or even in our home, in our own personal times as well. I think that is important. You know, a number of years ago, I was praying about uh, just generally praying. And the Lord spoke to me a verse very clearly. He said, Tak, I want you to know I'm not just the Lord of breakthrough. I'm the Lord of mighty breakthroughs. And as if to confirm it, for the first time ever, someone walked to my church offices and handed over to the receptionist for the church a check for $100,000. Who reckons that's fairly good? Huh? That's a breakthrough. That was something fresh. So God is a, He is a God of mighty breakthroughs. And may someone leave a check for 100,000 pounds here before they leave today. Oh, there's one hand being waved at the front here. Okay. All right. So, you know, all through history, mankind has made amazing breakthroughs. Think about it. Medical breakthroughs, uh, airplane, the man on the moon, uh, the iPhone, the iPad, the iron. They're all I, aren't they? They all do. They're going to I, I, except for the iron is for you. But God, mankind is brilliant at making break- breakthroughs. And the reason for that is God has wired us. He's put it in the DNA of a human being, a, a wiring for breakthrough. But it's even more true for Christians because Micah 2 verse 8 says, Messiah, the breaker Messiah will go up before them and they will break through. The Messiah Jesus will go up before you and you will break through. How many of you know that Jesus is the greatest breaker of all time? Is that right? No mountain is too high, no valley is too deep, no wall is too thick, no river is too wide or deep that Jesus cannot break through. He is the ultimate breaker. But guess where the breaker lives? He's living in your heart. You have a breaker inside of you who wants to begin to express himself like never before. So you begin to see more and more breakthroughs in your life. I have seen so many breakthroughs in my life. It is amazing. In fact, almost a month won't go by that I don't see some kind of breakthrough take place in my life. Can I prove to you that he is a God of the breakthrough for you? Can I prove that to you? How many of you in the area of your family, job, finances, how many of you have ever experienced one breakthrough? Most of you. Therefore, you can have another breakthrough and another breakthrough and another breakthrough and another breakthrough. You can just keep on breaking through because that anointing of breakthrough is resident and being placed within your life. But can I say this? Don't let a bad experience rob you of faith. Just because you didn't break through on one situation, don't say, I'm never going to pray for breakthrough again. I've had circumstances, terrible circumstances, where I did not break through. But I refuse to allow one lack of breakthrough to stop me crying out to God for more breakthroughs because I'd rather believe what the Bible says than what my experience tells me. My experience might say God didn't come through. My experience say that person didn't get healed. I'm not going to believe people's experiences. I'm going to believe the Word of God. Let God be true and every man a liar. So often we believe the experiences of other people. That is a big mistake. Believe the Word of God. Believe what God says. Now, you may not see it happen every time, but I'm telling you, if you push into it long enough, often enough, you will see it happen more and more and more and more. You know, my church, there was a 
season when there was all these unsaved husbands. The wives would come with their kids and it was a nightmare bringing two, three, four, five kids along. It was a real struggle. And I watched this for a number of months or years and I thought, man, this is not right. Do you know, I reckon we put up with too much. The devil beats us around and we just say, oh, well, that's how it is. No, that doesn't have to be how it is. So we began to ask God for a breakthrough. We began to pray. And I think it would be about a month later, gave an altar call for salvation. A man walked to the front. I realized he was one of those unsaved husbands we'd been praying for. A few weeks later, another husband got saved. There was a second one that we'd been praying for over in the period of about two or three months. I think about five or so unsaved husbands gave their life to Jesus Christ because we serve the God of the... If you have children away from God... Keep on praying for them. If you've got a husband who doesn't serve God, keep praying for him. God can work a breakthrough. If I had a time to tell you about my parents, my father was a Hindu for 69 years, uh, 59 years, went to the doctor with terminal condition. I cried out to God and God worked a breakthrough in his life and he gave his life to Jesus Christ because he is the God of the breakthrough. No one is beyond the reach of the gospel. Going to believe for breakthroughs. There was another time in the church that a, a years gone by where there was all these beautiful girls in the church, but there was hardly any good-looking guys. Every church makes the same complaint. Everywhere I go, they say, oh, the guys are duds in this place. Not in Birmingham, though, but there's other churches, you know, in New Zealand. Here are all the... Anyway, they, they, they got so desperate, they thought, we better pray about this. So they began to pray. They said, God, send us the best-looking men, you know, the most charismatic, intelligent, washboard abs. And then I got saved. I know you're laughing at me, but if I, if I was to bend this arm like this, I can't because this would just rip. So I won't do it. I just won't do it. Uh, don't want to show. Anyway, that's what happened. It's a true story. And it's a, but God is the God of amazing, amazing breakthroughs. And I reckon that God is wanting to raise up a people, an organization, a church, this church with a breaker's anointing. Come on, that's going to break through in this region. Someone has to break through in Birmingham. Not just another big church, but transformation to the community. Someone has to lead the way. And I'm, I'm praying and believing, you know, the conference is not coming here by chance. God wants to raise up an apostolic church with an anointing, a breakthrough that's going to make a difference in Birmingham and bring transformation to this city and see it turn to Jesus. The devil does not own Birmingham. Jesus owns Birmingham. We just, he's just a, he is just a trespasser. And we need to drive them out and send them to Manchester, send them to London, send them to Melbourne, but don't send them to New Zealand. All right, that is sacred territory. He'll never get in there because we are here there and we're protecting that area. During our time of worship, I felt Mark, Kathy, I felt I saw the walls of this church coming down in a spiritual sense which is going to allow two things. It's going to allow the church people to get out to where lost people are. But it's also going to get lost people, going to allow them to come in. I don't think we, I think we underestimate how much the walls that we put up in church actually stop people coming in. And they don't feel, I've had a lady in my car park come up to me. She said to me, oh, am I allowed to come to your church? And I thought to myself, my God, what message have we given her 
that she didn't even think she could come. I saw the walls coming down, but Mark, with that, I saw, I saw God giving you a new measure of faith. There's going to come a new dimension of faith in your heart. You're going to begin to see things. You're going to begin to believe for things that is even going to surprise you. But it will be the Spirit of God. And we're going to ask the church, you're going to have to rise with this man who's being raised up by God in this time. This is your time. This is your time. This is your time. This, this is BCC's time. You're going to step into something fresh. I can, feel, I can feel this. You're going to step into something fresh. You're going to step into something new. You're going to take territory for Jesus. You're going to take territory the devil has held on for years and years and years. You're going to break through the whole thing and see something happen in this region. Come on, Birmingham. Rise up in Jesus' name. Rise up in Jesus' name. And God's going to give your church an accent its own accent, its own accent. It's not going to be a copy of other churches. It's not going to be a replication or an imitation of any other church. It's going to be a unique accent for Birmingham City Church because this Birmingham needs your accent. It needs the accent of this church. United Kingdom needs the accent of this church. I don't know what all that means. I don't know what God's going to put in the DNA of this place, but it's going to be a unique accent. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Go after what God has put in your heart because that is from the hand of God and you'll see fruit and you'll see results. You know, any church is at its best when it's itself. Any church that when you are yourself and what God's created you to be, all you beautiful people from across the nations, when you are who God has called you to be, you will fire, you will be the best you can be. Because guess what? That's actually integrity. No fake, no hypocrisy. It's being who God has called you to be. I'm excited for what God is going to do in this church in the years that are ahead. But I better get back to my message because I'm running out of time. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there. A key to breakthrough. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We were without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. Have you ever felt like that? Darkness all over you? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Spirit of God is darkness. That may be you. The Spirit of God's hovering. You're experiencing the presence of God. But nothing happens. Nothing changes. Until it says in the next verse, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. I want to make a suggestion to you that virtually nothing happens in the kingdom of God without declaration. Someone has to speak it out. Someone has to get the words out of their lips. You go right through creation. It all came down to God declaring, God speaking things out and speaking them into being and making a difference. And you know, our words either give God or the devil power to work for us. And we need to give God, because we take that from Proverbs where is it? 18.21, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so, you know, some of you have been affected by negative words because words are so powerful. When you were growing up, someone said, oh, you're stupid. You're useless. You won't amount to anything. You're ugly. You're fat. And don't you know those words affect you so much? I know because they affected me. Our words have power. So the words we speak create an atmosphere around us in which we have to live. I have a grandson, he's six years old by the name of Zach, and he's a, uh, what would you call it, a lovable rascal. Anyone else got a lovable rascal in your family? Well, he's like that. So he's, he's a really good guy, but he's, he's trouble at times. And you know, mum and dad say this, that, and the other thing. Whenever anyone says to him anything to me about Zach, I say, 
He's the number one best boy. I just said, they said, yeah, but that, and I said, no, no, he is the number one best boy. What am I doing? I'm prophesying over his life. I am his champion. And guess what? Slowly but surely, he is becoming the number one best boy. I'm gonna tell the parents, I told you so all along. I'm his champion. Whose champion are you? Be a champion for someone. Be a champion for your pastors. If you can't think of anyone, if you've got no one else, be my champion. Thank you for that overwhelming response on that. I'll move on to the next point. Our words are so powerful and they're so important. You know, I've taken up this mantle on my life to be a champion for unity in the body of Christ. And so to be a champion for unity in the body of Christ, I have to have unity in my own church. So I tell my own church members, I want everyone to declare with me, I am a champion for unity in church unlimited. But I want to challenge every one of you here today that you become a champion for unity in Birmingham Christian Centre. So we're going to all declare it together, whether we want to or not. Why don't we say this to you? Are you ready for this? Are you, are you ready to shout this? I am a champion for unity in Birmingham Christian Centre. Come on, let's say it together. I am a champion for unity in Birmingham City Church, all right? That's better than Christian Centre. Let's go back to City Church. Come on, with a louder voice as you've got, possibly, okay? All right, if we had a drum roll, we'd have a drum roll. But there we go. I am, come on, let's go. I am a champion for unity in Birmingham City Church. Not Christian Church, City Church. One more time. I am a champion for unity in Birmingham City Church. Never, ever be a person who brings disunity. It's one of the worst things. It's one of the things God hates. Don't ever go down there. Just don't do it. Be a champion for unity. And then when there's unity, guess what happens? God commands a blessing. When a church comes into unity, the blessing is going to be extraordinary. There was an island culture where the custom of men was to trade cows for a wife. Doesn't sound very exciting, does it? But it was true. And so a father might get two cows for an average daughter, above average three cows. Only a rare beauty would ever get four cows. One father had a daughter, she was below average, so he hoped for one cow. Poor guy. Anyway, this businessman, the most astute businessman on the island, he offered eight cows for her. They thought she was worth one. He offered eight, and everyone thought the guy had lost his mind. But it wasn't long before that woman became the most beautiful, attractive, and well-presented woman on the entire island. Why? Because she kept hearing, I'm an out eight-cow wife. The words she kept hearing changed her life. So I've got a question to ask you right now for you. How many of you are married here? Only one person, okay. You're not living together or anything, all right? Here's a question. How many cows is your wife worth? Just tell her. Don't have a domestic, but just tell her. My wife is worth 1,000 cows. Out of this thing works. <laughs> it's all right. Go take, you have to take the top off, do you? You put the pull away. I'm from New Zealand. We're not very intelligent. Pull away. There we go. Why did you put that there? <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Hey, let's look at some aspects of declaration. The first one is declaring God's word. So important. 
Declaring what the Bible says is a key to breakthrough. Biblical declaration is saying what God says. See, if Mark and I agree on something, that's powerful. But when God and I agree together, where two agree as anything, it shall be done. It is just incredibly powerful. We need to know what the Bible says. You know, when the devil attacked Satan, what did he say? What did he say to the devil? He said, devil, does anyone know? It is, it is written. It is written. That's how he defeated the devil, by telling him, declaring the word of God. The problem I see in the Western church today, 85% of Christians do not read their Bible Monday through Sunday. So what happens is the devil comes and attacks him, and they say, oh, y'all remember that message Pastor Tark preached in, in Birmingham Christian, uh, Birmingham City Church, City Church, Birmingham City Church. I heard him preach it, and, you know, the devil's coming. You say, devil, it is written. Devil, it is written. Hold on a minute, devil. Just give us a couple of minutes, will you? Years ago, my wife got her feet, got real pain in her feet, and she loves exercise. She's really distressed about it. Couldn't find victory no matter what we did. I said to her one day, honey, let me pray for you. Laid my hands on her feet. As I prayed for a little while, and as I laid my hands on my feet, this verse came to mind. Luke 10, 19. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and nothing may by any means harm you. So I said, in Jesus' name, Satan, I take authority, and I trample underfoot the scorpion of pain, the serpent of pain afflicting my, my wife's feet, and I command you to go now in Jesus' name. Well, within a very short period of time, all the pain was gone, and it never, ever came back again. God's Word is powerful, but friends, the only reason I could quote the Word of God was it was already in me. I had a reservoir of God's Word in me, so at time of need, that Word could come to the fore, and God could do something in and through it. The second area is prophetic declarations. Declarations made in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We're not speaking our words, we're speaking God's words. What God speaks to us, when we declare it, it is powerful. It is life-changing. You know, you want to find all the words God has spoken to you as an individual and begin to declare it. One of the mistakes we make is we hear these words, we get these prophets, we do nothing with it. And they lie dormant in some book in a corner. Friend, can I encourage you as an individual, get those prophecies out, the ones you knew were from God, and declare them. I declare our prophetic words all the time. And I take every prophetic word seriously that I know is from God. I declare it over and over and over again. And Mark, I believe that's why one reason God gives me more and more, because I'm faithful to the prophetic words He gives me. Really, I honor them. I treasure them like gold. Some people just take take it or leave it, and then they wonder why the next one hasn't come. Get those prophetic words, start declaring them over. A number of years ago, a preacher came by and he said, Tark, your church is coming into acceleration of expansion. So I just took a hold of that word, began to declare it and declare it and declare it. Do you know over the period of about next two years, we went from two campuses to seven and our church grew by across campuses by about a thousand people. Why? Because in the prophetic word, if you declare it, is the power to perform it. You see, the promise comes with power. The prophecy comes with power. You don't have to try and make it happen, but you do need to pray into it so that it does come to pass. I was preaching in a church, a large church, about three, 4,000 people, and God gave me a prophetic word, and I said, oh, God, I wish that word was for me. And he said to me, this church is going to double in size. And I thought, wow, this is going to be a mega church. 
And I was hesitant. I tossed it up in my mind. Shall I say it? Shall I say it? And then I thought, no, no, God, you've given me that word. I'm going to declare it. And I got the whole church to stand up. And five or time, three or four times, I got them to declare, you know, this church is going to double in size. Well, a few years have gone by, friends, and that church has more than doubled in size now. It has actually tripled in size. That is the anointing that I have to shift and to move. I was in another church in another place, and I preached a message. I can't remember what it was. Three or four days after the following weekend, the pastor rings me up. He says, Tark, I've just got to tell you, we had an extra thousand people in church on Sunday morning. Friends, God, God can do these things. He is an incredible God. He is a God of breakthrough. He's a God of declarations. He's a God that makes things work in our hearts and in our lives. And it is a very powerful thing. You know Simon Foster? How many of you know Simon Foster? Elam, prophet in Elam. I preached in Bristol about three years ago. And I've finished preaching. I've only been to England once. And he said, uh, Tark, he said, I see you going up and down the United Kingdom with a message of hope. I listened to that prophetic word and I said, Simon, I'm not going to be going up and down the United Kingdom. I've got a church to run back in New Zealand. I'm just not going to be doing that. I'm here for the next seven days. Do you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be going up and down the United Kingdom with this message of hope. You know, London, Manchester, London, Cambridge, London, London, Birmingham, all over the place. In the prophetic word, there's the power to perform it, to bring it to pass. But you have to speak those words into being. You have to speak them out and you have to declare it. So right now, I declare that the debt of 210,000 pounds will be cancelled this year. Come on, come on, come on, stand up, stand up. I'm not finished. I'm not finished, but that's the best response I've had so far. So I'm going to write it. So we're going to declare together. We declare the debt of 210,000 pounds will be cancelled this year. You ready? Come raise your hands if you don't mind, if you've got faith for this. Let's go twice. Let's say it twice together. We declare the debt of 210,000 pounds will be cancelled this year. One more time. We declare the debt of 210,000 pounds will be cancelled this year. Give the Lord a clap and a praise and a shout. All right, you may be seated. And Mark, when the extra 20,000 pound comes in, that's for me. All right, deal, it's done. All right, a couple more thoughts, folks. Bobby became rebellious towards God and his parents. He's raised in a Christian home. Disappears one day. Disappears for two years. Parents don't know he's murdered, killed, overdosed on drugs. They don't know what has happened. Father's driving down the road with this overwhelming distress. Stops his car and he points, get, points to the north and he says, Bobby, come home. South. Bobby, come home. East and west. Bobby, come home. He's been lost, for, gone for two years. Two days later, Bobby's at the door. Would you believe it? And the father says, Bobby, what brought you home? And Bobby said to him, and I quote, he said, Dad, I was on the front of an old porch on the edge of the desert in Arizona, stoned on drugs. The wind started blowing, grew stronger and stronger. Said, Dad, I'm sure I heard your voice in the wind saying, Bobby, come home. And I got here as fast as I could. How great is our God? How awesome is the God that we serve? Come on, let faith arise. Let faith arise. Let faith arise in your heart. Nothing is impossible with God. So I preached this message in the south of the North Island in Invercargill. lady emailed me two weeks later. She said, my daughter had disappeared for some time. I did what you said. I called her home and I called her home. And she said, she has now returned home. Friends, this works. 
You just have to have that faith and believe God for it. My last point is this, is speak to your mountains. Mark eleven twenty three. whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes in his heart, those things will be done. He'll have whatever he says. We've got to speak to our mountains. You know, we often say, God, would you move this mountain? Would you move this mountain? Would you? God said, no, no, I've given you authority. It's time to speak to your mountain. Talk to the mountain. The Jesus in you is greater than the mountain that's in front of you. I finished with this. A number of years ago, we had a, a neighbor of our church. He hated the church. So he put these speakers to 50 feet up, the, up his lawn to blast the church during weddings, funerals, services. A pastor, preacher came through, and God gave him Zechariah 4 verse 6. Shout grace to the, who are you, O mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain shout with shouts of grace, grace to it. He got the whole church stand up. Point towards that house, and they say, grace, 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 grace. Within, I think, three weeks or two weeks, all the music had stopped being going on for a long time. All the music had stopped. The house went on the market, and guess who owns the house today? Church Unlimited, my church. How great, how awesome, how amazing, how wonderful is the God that we said, would you stand with me, please? Because I want to wrap this up with making a few declarations, and then we are through. Some declarations that will build your faith. And as we declare them, I want you to believe for your breakthrough. How many of you feel faith has risen in your heart? Amen? All right. Trust something shifted in your heart today. You're going to leave different from how you came. The first one is by His stripes. I am healed. We just say it three times and we... Give the Lord a clap offering. Are you ready? Let's go. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. Mark, watch out for a healing anointing in this house. Watch out for it. Watch out for it. It's going to come. It's going to come a healing anointing. Next one. All my family will be saved. Ready? Let's go. Three times. All my family will be saved. All my family will be saved. All my family will be saved. I just see, Mark, I see those walls down again. The community is going to start coming in. It's going to start coming in. Be ready for them. Love them. Embrace them. Be nice to them as they come in. Here's the next one. Birmingham City Church will grow and multiply. This is going to happen, folks. This will happen. Are you ready? Let's go. Birmingham City Church will grow and multiply. Birmingham City Church will grow and multiply. Birmingham City Church will grow and multiply. Next one, Birmingham will turn to Jesus. Come on, can you believe it? God can do it. God's going to use your church and UK and beyond as a part of it to turn. It's not by chance UK and beyond's coming to Birmingham. God's got a plan right behind that. Three times, let's go. Birmingham will turn to Jesus. Birmingham will turn to Jesus. Birmingham will turn to Jesus. Last but not least, 
We declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Mark and Kathy. You all ready for that? If they are blessed, you are blessed. If they are blessed, the church is blessed. If they are blessed, Birmingham is blessed. If they are blessed, the United Kingdom is blessed. If they are blessed, the nations will be blessed. It's in our wisdom to pray God's blessing and anointing upon them. Ready? Stretch out your hands towards them. Let's go three times. We declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Mark and Kathy. We declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Mark and Kathy. We declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Mark and Kathy. Yeah.